Not everything at Purdue has to be difficult for Ohio State. Welcome to Snap Judgments, brought to you by Byers Auto. That is Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Buckeyes win 41-7 on this most recent today visit to play the Boilermakers. Uh, it doesn't mean that it was all the most pleasant experience for Ohio State, yeah. but and we're going to get into plenty of that, but in the grand scheme of things, you look at the scoreboard and the trip and everything else surviving that to get ready for next week undefeated and unscathed heading into Penn State. Ohio State will probably take it, even if there are some things that they're going to be talking about for the next couple days. But it, you were up 34 to nothing, and then the Buckeyes, Ryan Day said it in the post-game press conference, the Buckeyes, you could feel them take their foot off the gas. And I don't know why that happened. Uh, I don't know that it's something that you want to happen ever, but when you're up 34 to nothing and you're trying to get some young guys some reps, you're trying to just work out some kinks with the offensive line, you're down to your fourth and fifth running back, there's a lot of reasons the, the, the weather started to come in here in the second, you know, late in the second quarter and into the second half. I don't think that it's a game that you're going to look at and go, oh, man, we missed all of our opportunities. We did, you know, you, you had a fumble in the red zone at the one-yard line. You fumbled again. You set up Purdue's second t- or sec- only touchdown with the second fumble. Um, that received a lot of help from officials on an unbelievable, I don't know. Was that, a, was that a roughing the passer on Jack Sawyer? I mean, it, it didn't change anything. They were, they were a, driving anyway. It's annoying. Yeah. That you call that whatever because it was a, it was a fifteen yard completion so it's not like you whatever it, I think it made a difference of like two yards yeah. ultimately because it was in the well those two yards would have mattered because <laughs> the first half Purdue couldn't get two yards yeah, that's at true. the two yard couldn't line, get so, one yard um, you know but overall like I think you look at this game and you have to be pretty okay with it almost five hundred yards for Ohio State on offense and they could have probably had seven hundred if they really pushed it um, Kyle McCord's numbers are not great but then you look at it and there's four drops that probably would have changed things quite a bit including three by marvin harrison jr which something i don't think anyone would have ever guessed they'd see in a football game and um you know you miss an extra point i think it i think it may have been five drops that kyle mccord was victimized by three by marvin one by xavier johnson another by julian Fleming. yeah they did not credit xavier with a drop in the stats but it was a drop because that was probably kyle mccord's best throw of the day fantastic rollout eluding pressure like I just don't think Xavier Johnson thought the ball was going to get there. Yeah. And so, like, that ball did not get defended by the the guy that was covering him. It's, it's a drop. Julian dropped the one on the first pass of the game. And then there's uh, Marvin with three of them, um, including a touchdown, which Kyle got back because Cade saved him on the next play. So, right. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, it, it. I don't want to keep saying it's a mixed bag, but it's a mixed bag. Like, you're Ohio State. You want to be perfect. And the Buckeyes are not close to perfect yet. But it's another step on the road to what is going to be – the second real landmark of the 2023 season next Saturday. Yeah, we've used that term a lot this year. And even in this game, you could do that with just specific stuff with the Devin Brown red zone package that we're going to talk about. You score a touchdown on it uh, with letting him run, and then you turn around and he fumbles the next time going in. So, like, that's probably the definition of a mixed bag. But in my mind, leaving here for Ohio State, like, I don't, necessarily, I don't really feel that like overall for the performance yeah. um, because of the, all the other factors at play. You, you mentioned the weather. You know, it's it's kind of gross out here right now. You were down here for the second half. I don't imagine it was very fun just to shoot photos in, let alone play football. But that, that's not to make excuse or justify any part of it. Like Ohio State controlled the game from start to finish. Could they have won by a larger margin? Yes. But they don't have to do that every single yeah. time. And, and that can, again, sound like I'm – being overly positive for that, but forty-one to seven in a game like this, where maybe you could have won more handily, but you are you have one eye on Penn State. You are showing, I'm sure, some things that you're just putting it in James Franklin's mind for Penn State to have to prepare for next week, and 
the volume of injuries in key spots that Ohio State is dealing with, you know, the red shirt plan for Dallin Hayden, like that's that's done. You you can't do that now. The by the time that they were into the what was it second quarter and Chip Trainum is out, Chip Trainum's got a concussion. Travion Henderson was being held out as a precautionary me- measure for the second week in a row, and Mayan Williams was scratched uh, with an undisclosed injury that we're not avail. Uh, we, we're not quite sure what exactly that is at this point as we're uh, recording snap judgments, but. You know, you had to go to running back number four. Emeka Ibuka was out. So you were down and stretched a little bit at the skill position elsewhere, and you were scrambling and using Xavier Johnson in a variety of roles. Then Denzel Burke goes down with, uh, I'm not entirely sure. I didn't see uh, any replays. Peacock, uh, I'm sure that you all can relate. They weren't helpful in the press box. I'm sure it wasn't any better for you watching at home if you paid $6 to do so. Uh, You know, so I don't know. I know he he was in the tent for... Five minutes or so, and then helped to the locker room with a trainer. wasn't seemingly putting a ton of weight. Uh, he was being assisted there. He was leaning on the trainer to get there. So that stuff carries the attention. And like adding up that totality, like I don't, I don't see anything to really, you know, hand ring about from a performance like this. No, I mean the, the things you have to worry about are how do you go forward? And you talked about it on bold predictions on Friday. Uh, normally in this sort of game, I would say get out of it healthy. And I didn't say that. And then they didn't get out of it healthy. And we are not getting out of it dry. So what we're going to do is take a quick break, relocate, make sure our camera doesn't get ruined, and we'll be right back with the second half of Snap Judgments, presented by Buyers Auto. Welcome back to Snap Judgments, brought to you by Buyers Auto. We are, the camera's drier. We might yeah. not be drier, but that's okay. Uh, wrapping things up here for Ohio State, 41-7 to seven winners. Um, give me some of the most impressive performances you saw. Let's do that. I... I think I, I said it to you walking off the field somewhat in jest, um, but somewhat in concern for how people are going to react. And that's what the show's about. It's about rapid type reactions, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I think there used that, to be a show called that. I think that the worst thing for Ohio State's running game after this game was for people to have a belief that Dallin Hayden is the best running back on the team. Because... I know the offensive line was doing a, a better job today. I know that, again, Purdue's defensive line is not really very good. <laughs> but the difference when Dallin Hayden gets – he just seems to be a more natural fit for the gaps, gap-blocking scheme that Ohio State wants to run. His vision is different than what I think the other running backs have. He may not be as physically strong as Chip. He may not be as fast as, as Travion. He may not have the, the – you know, bowling ball esque of of Mayan Williams, but like as a kid's a pretty good running back. Comes from a family of running backs. Understands the position. Understands what's asked of him. And I don't know who's responsible for saying let's let's redshirt him this year. But I think that you you already said it. I think that plan has to go out the window. And you not you're trying to win a national championship. The best players have to play. If he's the best player next week, he needs to play. If Travion's healthy and ready to go. He, he needs to play if he's going to be able to go out there and you know actually make an impact. Heading into the game, we expected Travion to play. We were told there was a minor setback with his injury that he suffered against Notre Dame, and then you couple that with not wanting to compound it, uh, you know, in a game like this where you're getting hit. Um, we're not going to say what the injury is because you don't want to give that away to people, I guess. Right? Like, we shouldn't tell people where to hit him. I don't. I don't want to get into this again with yeah. the availability report. And like Ryan Day came into the post game and was like, I'm "Not talking about him. I'm not talking about him." With any of the injuries, like it's doing a disservice to the players. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know what's going on with him, but I knew, I do know that Dallin Hayden can help this football team win football games, and that's the most important thing. Um, 
There's a new King of Bold Predictions because I nailed my Brandon in his touchdown. Huzzah. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I was a week late, but I knew it was coming. Um, and you saw the shiftiness with him that, you know, he caught the ball, stopped on a dime and, and turned on the Jets. Uh, player today, I just love the way JT2 Maloa plays football. Mm -hmm. I thought Jack Sawyer played a really good game. Uh, I thought the Buckeyes were attempting to be more aggressive with the defensive ends and getting upfield more when Purdue did a nice job of capitalizing on that with the slow draws and, and, and catching them a little bit off guard, especially after at the end of the first half. The Ohio State was not expecting them to run the ball, and they ran it three times for 60 yards or whatever. So, yeah. Um, well, JT Tuomala was also not on the field. Right. Uh, because, and he wasn't on the field the series before that either. But that's okay. It was 20 to nothing, and you figured this is the time to get guys some reps. Right before halftime? Why not just ensure that you have the shutout? Well, you know what actually surprises me about that is that Ryan Day was pretty pissed off right before that punt. Huh. Um, Quite. Because Ohio State uh, had a delay a game and didn't and a holding penalty and like it, it's the little things that you're like why is this going on they wanted to score at the end of the half and put this game away not have to worry about coming out and starting the second half uh you know with a 20 to nothing game they did they scored on their first drive of the second half but you you wanted a cleaner end to the to the first half so i don't know i mean i like jermaine matthews i like what i saw out of him on special teams he had two big plays in the first first quarter where he really set the tone and then you get to see him be rewarded by playing later in the game when Denzel Burke gets hurt. Um, who, you know, I, I think what's interesting, and you can please take this away from me because I'm rambling. Okay. I feel like the defensive staff is much more willing right now to make personnel adjustments than the offensive staff. And maybe that's because there are less questions. Uh, like the defense has played so well as a whole, but. Steel Chambers was well. I, I'm going to bet Corey Simon probably played more snaps than Steel Chambers today. I think it. I, you may be right. I think it was pretty close to 50-50, and then they played together at the end of the game. And I, th like that's what you're talking yeah. about, like because they're not rotating at safety. No, and they had to play another corner when Denzel Burke got hurt in the second well, half. Well, we saw more Kenyatta Jackson, more Caden Curry. <laughs> That's a normal approach for Larry Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm interested, though. Like, I, I see the defensive guys going, we maybe can get better. Maybe we can improve. Maybe we can take a step. I don't think they're forcing rotation. I don't think they're forcing guys to play. I think they're saying, how do we take what's really good right now and make it better? And I don't know that the offense is as willing to do that. I think that they are it's, playing much more conservative in offense. I think there's two things at that. I'm, I'm, I don't think that what you're saying is wrong because what you're talking about defensively is specific to Cody Simon and Steel Chambers. Yeah. So if the last two weeks we've talked about Steel Chambers not playing his best football, he did not necessarily come out of that funk today. Uh, the first drive, Purdue had a very good opportunity to go down the field. Didn't seem like Steel Chambers was as sharp. And then you saw Cody Simon after that, uh, mostly rotated throughout the game. And I think that that is with an eye on Penn State and a rushing attack that they know that they have to be sharp and ready to stop. So who's going to be ready to take that? I, I would not be surprised as we leave here today if Cody Simon started next week against Penn State. Yeah. I, and But I don't, like, I don't think it's all that different on the defensive line. I think it's pretty standard rotation stuff that we've always seen from them, although Caden McDonald is, is a part of that or is, or is seemingly pushing his way into it. We saw Hero Canoe involved, uh, Jaden McKenzie involved. Um, as you said, we've, Caden Curry seems like he's still trending on that upward uh, trajectory, although not getting a ton of statistical production, just being around the quarterback a lot. And so to take, so that's that one side. I would say it's 
it's primarily at linebacker mm -hmm. as they consider their well, that's options. Where, that's where the biggest hole, that's where the biggest weakness the last three weeks has been. So I, I think it's good they're just showing a willingness to experiment. And on the second part, the only, I guess my, uh, my counter would be they put Devin Brown in the game. Yeah. Uh, so they did experiment on offense, yeah. and they were shorthanded with the three running backs. So they had to go to Dallin Hayden. They did that. That was by necessity, but that was a change that they were already planning to make before the game started. Devin Brown goes in there and does something different in the red zone package. So uh, that's what do you think about that? I mean, I, I, I don't like it. I, I I was sitting here like, oh my god, it is twenty eighteen all over again. It's the Tate Martell package yeah. at Purdue. Um, Dwayne Haskins throws for four hundred seventy yards. He can't get in the end zone. Let's bring in Tate Martell and he'll fumble for some reason. Yeah, and I I mean, it also thought made me think of twenty fifteen with JT and Cardale. Um, and it's not, I'm not saying that I, I, I sent it out to our tech subscribers in real time. Like it worked on that first drive and it was a nice change up. And, and that was, you know, one thing that Ryan Day did call it. That's, that's his term for that. It's obviously true. We can all uh, admit that that's what that is. And it, it's not to me saying I don't like it because the second time they ran it, it was a fumble. Yeah. Although you cannot turn it over in the red zone. And that can be a learning opportunity for Devin Brown. It will be, it has to be, you know, that's, that's all well and good, but what they got out of the running attack and evening up the numbers comes at the expense of the passing attack. And yeah. Ryan Day said he could throw a good ball. He threw a hell of a ball to Brandon Innes down there. But in those tight circumstances, you want, in my opinion, the leader of your team throwing the ball. Before the fumble, he nearly threw an interception. Yeah. Like, And then the next time that they put him back in there to do it again, you could tell that Devin Brown was like, okay, do not fumble, do not fumble. And some of that explosiveness was gone. And I think like the surprise element and the new danger, like, evaporated yeah. quickly. I think the interesting part is after the fumble, the Buckeyes get down into the red zone again. In my mind, I'm going, do you put him back out there because you have to show him that you're, that trust, you're, him. you trust him? Or do you not put him out there because you need points? And they put him back out there, but then they took him off the field and let Kyle McGord finish the, the series. So sure. um, you know, I think it's, it's important for Devin Brown to get reps. I don't love telegraphing something like every time we're in the red zone, this is what's going to happen. Every time we're inside the 10, this is what's going to happen. I I kind of feel like it would have been better just bringing that on Penn State next week without having them see it because now they are aware of what's coming and that's maybe Penn State defensively is a really good test for Ohio State. The Buckeyes are going to need to do some different things. Maybe you have plays off of that that uh, you're you're hoping to, to yeah. find a way to deploy, but I, I just think that it would have been better served for next week. Um, and I, my biggest concern is that when you have a young quarterback, and I say young from a playing perspective, not age. I know Kyle McCord's in his third year in the program. But who has struggled early in games and has not been able to really get unhitched easily in the first quarter, to take him off the field in those situations when he's been getting into a rhythm, I just don't love. Um, but, again, it's not my team. So Yeah, but I didn't I really didn't think that was an issue for Kyle McCord uh, today with Purdue. And, like, he, you could have made a case that, like, once it got nasty and, you know, got hit a couple times that you can understand why like he today was probably the least confident I felt in Ohio State's pass protection like Kyle McCord was having to anticipate a lot of throws and make them off of his back foot uh and he did a great job at that but he and he hit those five throws that that should have been completions and let's just we can give Xavier Johnson a break maybe a pass on that let's say four out of them yeah I mean, like Marvin Harrison and Julian Fleming that's that's not Ohio State's receiving yeah. standard and those those have to be made one was maybe a little bit uh, timing issue with Marvin Harrison not expecting it, but he was hitting guys in the chest and in the hands. 
those those ha those plays have to be made. So it goes back to all the ways that we're looking at evaluating this team. It wasn't as simple as like Kyle McCord thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. Like you have to get help from your protection. You have to get help from your receivers, and, and you can again look at it however you want. Like why isn't Ohio State winning this game by sixty uh, and playing to maybe its full potential? Or hey, it's good that Ohio State hasn't played to its full potential, and it will need to most likely against Penn State next yeah. week. But you don't. You, they didn't have to do it today, and I don't. Yeah, I said it right as we started snap judgments. They are presented by Byers Auto. Like, I'm not going to to sweat and look at a bunch of tiny details for this one. They won by 34 at a place that we called all week like a house of horrors, and they they made it a boring win. Like that's yeah. that's fine to me. And, and I think that you do have things that Calvin Court needs to clean up. Let's be honest. Uh, you can't have delay game penalties. You can't fumble the ball. Like you got to feel that pressure, and that, that's on Josh Fryer. I mean, you get beat. I understand that, but you got to feel that pressure and and not hold the ball out there that way. If that's a longtime quarterback who should understand the pocket is, you know, closing in on him. Uh, bottom line, though, I, I don't think that it's a game that people are going to look at and and go, oh well, this is the day that everything started to fall apart. Like it's a, as you said, it's forty-one to seven. I, I think there's a lot of good things to build off of it. I, the defense played really well when it mattered, um, and. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you get the second team in there. A lot of the backups got to play in the third and fourth quarter on defense. And now you just hope that everyone gets healthy because you want to be full strength against Penn State next week. And Denzel Burke has played as good as any corner in the country. And if he's even remotely not available, like that's something you got to pay attention to. As you said on the keys pregame, Penn State is the worst team in the country when it comes to explosive plays on offense. But you don't want to just give them an opportunity to, to pick on a guy. Uh, you saw as soon as Denzel Burke came out of this game, Hudson Card went deep to on Davis and Egmanosin, um, and and they tried to get a lot more aggressive vertically when when Denzel was out of the game. Yeah, that's the respect for him, and that's why he will be critical. That, you know, we're at that part of the season. I know nobody wants to hear too much uh, focus on the injuries because every team has them, and you have to deal with them and next man up mentality. But like this, this is a real one. Next Saturday at noon in the Horseshoe, you will be talking about those guys and their status. You want to get a Mecca Buka if you're Ohio State back. You want to get – you have to have Denzel Perk, in my opinion. You you need to have a full complement of running backs. Like, it's – that's going to be a war. So. I noticed today there's just a lot of guys who have heavy, heavy tape on their ankles. Yeah. Michael Hall, Josh Proctor. Um, you, you have know, the knee brace on Tyleek Williams still. Knee brace on Tyleek. Pre-game look, doesn't look like he's moving around at all. Uh, and then just continues to play like a bat out of hell uh, on the field, which is awesome. Um, it's just – it's middle of the season now, you know, you're six games in and uh, the dings, the the bumps and bruises are going to start to pile up. And this is why Ohio State has depth like no one else in the country. But now you've got to trust those guys to get out there and play uh, if they're needed to. And we'll find more out about that as the week goes along. Pass the test of going on the road and getting a win at Purdue. 41-7 was 3-0 in Indiana. Hey. They are the champions of Indiana, I think. Uh, Watch out, Sycamores. There you go. That's They get that crown, and they're hoping to get back uh, in December for one more. We'll find out uh, how close they are to that in a week's time when they uh, battle Penn State. We'll be back in the horseshoe for that one. Can't wait to get, get back to Ohio. Thanks for joining us for Snap Judgments. They are brought to you by Byers Auto. If you are looking for a new or used car to buy, the best place to go is Byers Auto. He is Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye. <laughs>